Welcome to a Story That Works podcast, where we're going to write stories, share our work, and show you that if you want to write, all it takes is figuring out your own process. So go do the work, get your stories on the page, and confidently share them. Hi, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Caitlin. And this week we're going to talk about editing our stories and each other's. How do you approach editing someone else's work and how do you want someone else to approach editing your work? What do you need to succeed in both roles? Personally, I want what I tend to give out. I mean, it might not come across in this story because I really liked your story. I have very few, if any, negative things to say. But in general, I'm a pretty blunt person. And I want the same from my own writing. And so maybe that's why I tend to come off as as pretty blunt when I'm editing other people's stuff. I'm a tell it like it is person. There are certain objective truths and and I want to know what they are. I want to know what I don't see and I want somebody to tell me if my story is crap because I can't fix it if I don't see a way to. Mm-hmm. What about you? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I think the worst thing that you can do if you're reading someone else's writing is to just like, tell them it was good or to just tell them it was fine I mean if you're gonna read my story and obviously with you since you're also a writer like I would love for like if you had a physical copy and you handed it back to me and it was just covered in red like I would rather have that than just like yeah it was good yeah I want it to be picked apart and I want it to be challenged and like I I mean I feel like it would be great if you were like no don't change anything I love it but (laughs) especially since it's a first draft like obviously there's changes that need to be made so and Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty blunt person too I mean I feel like you can attest to that from I can from the comments I've left in your stories about being like why is this bitch being stupid yeah (laughs) I don't know I just yes I don't I don't like to subscribe to any idea that like writers need to be coddled Mm -hmm. because we don't we need the opposite I agree I don't think we need to be coddled I think there are certain instances where like I said last time that we need a that's great keep going but I try to I try to ask for that if that's what I'm looking for or I'll say specifically like are you interested in this or or look at this specific thing while you're reading it so that it's less work for somebody to read yeah and so that I get the most out of it I try not to send something I mean except to you because you're going to be the most honest I try not to send something out to people that I'm like I think this is amazing please tell me that it is Mm -hmm. I don't send my writing out to a lot of people and so unless it's at a state where it's ready to be published in which case like if you come up with something that needs to be fixed about it then that's fine but it's published and I'm not gonna run my wheels over and over again on something that I think is is done Mm -hmm. you know because there's no sense in that either well I remember one of the first things I ever said to you was like you can pick apart my writing you can tell me that everything is garbage but I need you to give me like one thing to hold on to like if you tell I remember saying this like if you tell me hey you really need to take this back to square one. But like there was one paragraph that I loved. Yes. The paragraph you know? on page 200. <laughs> yes. Because like if, even if you hated it, like I just want to know that like it's not a lost cause. And if it is, then it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a good because sometimes I get really caught up in like being critical and not being positive. There, I don't think there's any piece of work that's like 100% garbage. Right. Not necessarily like, you know, all these positive things. I, I want something helpful. If I have to rewrite it, then that's fine. I have to rewrite it. Some things are easier than others, right? Like some things I send to you that I'm like I really like this I like what Mm -hmm. I'm doing but you can't see that and if you can't see that then I have to get over my own like (laughs) 
connection to it. Well, that was how I felt with the dead baby story. Like, I was absolutely madly in love with that story, especially the beginning. And you read, like, the first chapter and was like, this is the first draft, bitch. Like, calm down. I mean, with this story, like, I don't have that connection to it, obviously, because I just wrote it. But yeah, there, yeah, there are definitely some stories that are harder to... Yes. It's harder to hear. Like, you can rip this one apart and that's okay. But I think I think we need to learn that it's got to be okay for all stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So did you have any goals when you started this story? Was it just like, okay, get it done or? What do you mean? Like, did you want it to do something? Did you want it? Like, did you think at all about, okay, I want people to feel like this when they finish reading? I don't know. Because, I mean, I don't feel like the story. I don't know. I don't really like it. Like, as I was. Really? I, I read it. I read it out loud to myself last night. And I was like, this isn't bad. There are some parts that I like about it. But I was just reading it for the recording. I was like okay, I don't know. I always want my readers to ask questions about how they feel because I never want to give them a straightforward hero Mm -hmm. and I never want to give them a conflict where there's a simple answer. Yeah. And I guess my goal was just, I mean, my goal was to just get it done because I feel like this is me trying to like claw my way back into my writing life. Yeah. I always want someone to feel something. I don't want it to just be like a throwaway waste your time kind of story that just exists for the sake of it Mm -hmm. but so I don't know if you can say this succinctly or anything but what keeps you writing like why do you keep coming back to it well I think the idea of creating something that didn't exist until it was inside of my own head that's always been really interesting and I think especially with fantasy you get to make your own rules and you I mean obviously not all the rules but just this idea of being a creator in a sense because mm-hmm. I mean I'm way past the point in my life where writing is escapism I'm not 19 anymore you know mm-hmm. I don't know it's very hard to put it into like a simple answer because mm-hmm. it is so complex and like my relationship with writing has developed so dramatically over the years from something that was like a little whimsical dream to oh I want to be famous to I need this in order to have something hopeful in my life to kind of where I'm at now, which is kind of undefined. Hmm. Yeah, I had no real goals for this story. It was for me, it was just like, get it done. And maybe that's because I didn't feel as connected to the prompt itself. Mm -hmm. I have found solace in a book at every point in my life. And I bring them everywhere. And they're the only thing that hasn't hurt me. I mean, besides loving a character who ends up dying. But this, like, I don't know, being, I think I agree with you on this, being able to create something that didn't exist. But for me, it's like expressing myself and putting on the page things that I don't even know that I'm feeling or that I can help other people with. Mm -hmm. I feel better when I write. I feel like I'm more sane. I'm, when I don't write, I, I feel like I'm depressed Or at least it adds to that depression. I guess all in all, I would say that I'm compelled to write. And I think, I don't know, maybe other people can relate to that. Maybe they can't. But I assume you don't just, you know, do it for the money or for the publishing deal. Although that might be part of it for some people. (laughs) There's no guarantees in that. And so finding the joy in the work itself. I tend to be the type of person who loves having written. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm trying to find a joy in the process as well. Writing drives me crazy, but when it's working, I feel like I'm in this like pocket of the universe that is exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
and like in my life like that has been completely unique to writing and I think that when I don't write I don't feel insane like I don't feel like I'm losing my mind I feel guilt I feel an immense guilt when I go for any extended amount of time without writing because I feel like I owe it to so many different versions of myself that have passed by in my life and I owe it to these characters that live inside my head and to the worlds that I'm trying to create to like give to the readers, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes I'm like, well, I could never write again and I would be okay, which scares me because I feel like we all need to be like writing is what is like the air in my lungs you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that's just because I'm just in a weird place right now and retail is ripping out my soul. Yeah, but I wanted to bring it back to editing, right? Yes. So for me, for this story, because I didn't have any goals, it came out okay. I'm not particularly attached to it. I don't feel like I necessarily succeeded at anything earth shattering because it's not. It's kind of, it came out a little bit cliche for me. So how do you think you can improve your story? I mean, I think that it has potential and I don't, just reading it, I just don't think it has reached the point where it leaves any sort of impact. I don't feel the impact of it at all when I read it. Just at this moment, I don't have a clear cut way to fix it. I don't hate it. I mean, that's very interesting though, because I actually, I really liked yours. I think that for me, I keep coming back to like story is choice, story is change. Characters make these decisions and it changes like the world around them. And I thought that you had such a great choice that your character made that was very impactful that to me, it like it resonated with me. I, so I think I find it interesting that you don't like it, that you reread it and, and just wanted to toss it because I don't, I don't want to toss it. I think it might be because it's so fresh and like I'm used to like having developed a story for so long Mm. and this just kind of happened and I was just writing it last night it's still so fresh in my brain and it is my first effort to get back into writing and I don't know well see I felt like your story in particular felt like it could have been part of a longer story and I struggle with that like the reason I went to short stories you know, I can spew all this stuff about how it's a great learning tool and it is, but I really struggle with a longer length story. Part of that might be my, you know, procrastination or whatever, but the idea of having to add and create so many different ideas to pull together a long story like a novel intimidates me like crazy. And yours felt like it was part of this larger work like I could see it just being picked out of these two the two lives of these characters like I could see you weaving stories about them how they got there and what happened when they were done like to me it was like oh there's gonna be a revolution and these two women are gonna be on opposite sides but they're gonna try to bring everybody together and there's this evil brother and he's gonna ruin everything you know like I saw all of these elements to yours and that to me felt really powerful because I could see sort of where they all fit in as opposed to mine which like I don't know I just again I think we're most critical of ourselves and I finished mine last night as well but what's funny is I was reading mine thinking oh this isn't as terrible as I thought it would be (laughs) (laughs) and and yet deep down like I think that I know it's it's not even close to where I want it to be like yours left me with a feeling of a punch in the gut like oh shit these characters there's so much going on they have this terrible experience that they're going through and and mine was just kind of like yeah it might be a terrible experience but it didn't feel like it you know well okay I'm just gonna tell you some thoughts sure 
about just reading your story. I mean, I think that like it's I don't think it I don't think every short story has to feel like it's a part of something bigger. No. Sometimes I like when it's just like this is a simple little piece of the universe in this little thousand words, whatever. I okay, so like I thought it was going to go in a direction and I was like in my feelings and if it would have gone to that direction, I would have What just, direction? Like... I'm really curious. So I mean, I kind of thought that like the couch was start, like serving as her I mean, it was like a like a place like a little oasis for her to escape and sleep and whatever and that the couch was I mean the couch was there for her Mm -hmm. so she could stay there and go there and like be safe there and then when like whether she like graduated and left town or like the boyfriend went away or whatever then the couch would like start to rot because it had served its purpose Mm. I don't know if I explained that well at all but in that moment in my head I was like if this is where it's going like I'm gonna be like a puddle Mm -hmm. on the floor but I think that, like, it would benefit a lot from, like, more detail about this Chris asshole. Because, I mean, obviously we can use our imagination. Like, the whole, like, mom's evil boyfriend has been done. Like, we know. Yes, exactly. But I don't know. I think, like, Mabel's story is special enough that, like, maybe we could kind of see into her life a little more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But sometimes it's nice to have that simplicity of, like, you don't need to go into that, you know? Yeah, that's what I struggled with. I really liked the up until the point where she's at the couch I really liked the description of the couch I liked even the introduction to her as a character like I thought that it was interesting I could see it and I could see this desperation for for that escapism that's another theme that I really you know connect with but I once I got to her being on the couch I was like I I sped through it I sped through the action I sped through the actual scene work I could feel myself doing it and I didn't love that. Mm -hmm. And yet it was hard for me to separate myself from it because that is essentially like what I wanted it to be is like it's this magical thing for her and she has to choose like, okay, do I tell people about it? Do I give them this piece of magic or do I keep it for myself? And I never got to let her make that choice. And I never really felt like I understood who the characters were. Like it was just, this couch was really clear for me. I don't know if you noticed the nod to my earlier draft of being expertly delivered. And it's the same purple couch from from the first version of it. But other than the couch itself, I didn't really have a grasp on why Mabel was special or anything like that. I actually... I thought a little bit about The Haunting of Hill House and the the character, without any spoilers, who can touch things and, and feel the pain from it or feel mm-hmm. whatever they feel. And so that yeah. moment where she's on that couch and looking up at the ceiling, that is sort of what I wanted it to be. And I wanted it to be this like, okay, he disappeared, but we don't necessarily know, was it the couch? Was it just him walking away? Like whatever. I don't think that I achieved that very well. Well, I think by the end, it's like very clear that the couch. Yes made that happen yeah like I mean I really liked the beginning I think it set it up really well I like told you that you set up things very well I love small town folklore and shit like it's that's so cool to me it's like very like Stephen King even Mm -hmm. though I haven't but like you know what I mean (laughs) and and it was it kind of reads like it's like a fairy tale Mm -hmm. you know it's like a little old lady telling this story and I liked that and I liked the simplicity of it And, and like there's not like a ton of backstory even though like maybe a little bit would help but I like that it doesn't really have to dive into it because then it just gets too 
oversaturated and whatever. I really liked that you made the couch a character. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like you gave it characterization and it's like a very active member of the plot. Whereas mine is just, it just happens. Yeah, I to- wrote that down. That yours is like, it's just mentioned. And I mean, yeah. she's on it. It's this, it's this huge moment in her life. But it's just a couch and it's there. And I thought that was fascinating that we came up with these two completely different. Like, I think we both, I mean, we both love Doctor Who and everything. And so this idea of this magical place, this fantastical element to me, I think, speaks to both of us. And yet we did that in such a different way. And I I thought that was cool. I think that, like, you mentioned fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And, like, to me, it was a little too, like, I don't remember things from school. And I, I like, why did... So. Like, but like, I would wanted to know like why that stood out to her. Yeah, you know, like if, if it was just part of a lesson, and that's just me, maybe. But like, I wanted to know why that was significant to her. Well, it was meant to be like if something happens, she has an excuse to say like I couldn't move. You know, yeah. like it wasn't necessary. Like fight or flight to me doesn't really seem like like that's just something we know. Yeah, we learned it. But in it's, it's class, a very. But... Inter- I think it's a very interesting topic when you're faced with that kind of situation and so I just wanted to know like why why that was in her brain because we take in so much information all the time Mm -hmm. for her to be able to call that up so quickly I don't know maybe I'm I think I'm overthinking it a little bit no I don't think so it felt like it was just inserted yeah and it could have I don't know. I feel that whole section, the part where it says it took her all of 30 minutes to fall asleep up until the point where she goes back to sleep. That was all the the sticky middle stuff. Mm-hmm. None of that spoke to me in the way that the first and then even the last part. And the last part I'm not attached to. I Actually, I like the idea of her starting to rot a little bit better. The point was maybe she went on to somebody else who needed her as opposed to like just rotting in the forest. Yeah. But... That whole part of the boyfriend finding her and everything, that is what I really struggled with. Yeah. And and that is what I struggle with is this, how do you create an actual scene? Like, how do you create something in the moment? This, I, and I call it scene work because it's not necessarily that descriptive stuff. It's like the active stuff. And that is actually what I thought yours did really, really well. Like, yeah, there were moments where you told. But for me, the Mm -hmm. whole thing sort of felt like a show. Like it was this, the whole story was this moment of crisis for Atraxi. Like, what does she do? Does she save this person? Does she not? And you had a flashback in there. You have these choices. Like you show her well enough to say it's not, you know, that she is this different person. She's not making this completely amazing stance. It's that this girl intrigues her. And yeah. I think that that's fascinating. I find those themes in your stories really powerful. And I think it means more than than what is actually on the page. Like to me as a reader, at least, I'm walking away with it thinking, okay, we need to be more understanding. Like we need to have more empathy for people because we're in our own heads and our own world so much. I don't know. I loved that she made, she took her power, which is seen as worthless, you know, the goblin power is seen as worthless and used it for something good. I thought that spoke members. I, I really liked your story. I walked away from it. Not just, you know, oh, that was good. But I mean, there are reasons for it. You spoke about appearance and silence and the, the thematic significance of those was really powerful because as women and your two characters were women, we struggle with body image so much and being told to be silent and yet when that's a choice that we make, like, I, f- I feel like you were speaking to that, even if you did so unintentionally. 
I feel like even though you had a short number of words, you packed so much in there. You have this flashback in there, which shows her her first kill, which was really exciting to me. I know every short story doesn't have to come back and do this whole, like, this is a part of a larger work, but I, I wanted it to. I wanted to see the revolution. I wanted to... I wanted to see the brother get his get what's coming to him, you know? Like again, I also find it really fascinating that it was this just this simple couch. Like you could see the vivid image. And for me, I tried to connect more to like what that couch meant. And you connected more to what was happening on the couch. I feel like you do a really good job with your character work and that's something that I kind of struggled with was like who are these characters? And I think it's pretty obvious via my draft that I don't exactly know who the characters are because, yeah, a terrible boyfriend's been done before so many times. How is this different? Well, I don't think that that's because that's something that is real. It is real. You know? And I don't think I don't think it's fair to say all oh, the I didn't mean to like, oh, this has been done before. I just meant like we know the parameters of that situation very right. well, which is why I tried not to explain it so much. But, like, for one thing, you're making me get emotional about my story now because... It's good. I like it. But I think, like, the ending of your story, like, I didn't... I like that the couch is magical and I like that the couch is there for her. Like, that's... Like, that just, like, makes me emotional for some reason. But you don't feel it in the same way. No, no, no. I'm, like... I think that, like, like, where, like, the memory aspects are to come in, like, when you have a negative figure in your life... Like, Mm -hmm. it's very unlikely that they're just going to disappear. Right. You know, so it's like, I can't really speak to it. But like, I liked the idea of the couch helping her face it rather Mm -hmm. than just getting rid of it for her. Because that's not based. I mean, obviously, a magical couch isn't based in reality. Mm. But that uh, that result, you know what I mean? Right. Like him disappearing (laughs) wouldn't isn't realistic to it. Like, like, and that doesn't solve. I mean, it solves the problem. But you can't just wish your problems away. Right. Like, it would be more powerful if he hadn't disappeared. Yeah, like, the couch... Like, protects her, but not... Not in a... Like, in a realistic, but not realistic way. (laughs) Right. The the couch can't alter her reality. Yeah. can't alter her circumstances, but it can have a part in how she survives it. Mm, Yeah. I feel like that would be more powerful. Like, if I was young... If I was a young person reading that and like I was in a similar situation I know that no one's going to come and make this person disappear right but I'm going to have to face it and endure it that's the re- that's my reality yeah so as this young reader hypothetically that's I, I think that's a very good point and I think that's an interesting thing to study is who is this character right like I don't know where it came from but I feel like I've heard before people talk to young people who are struggling And not just like, oh, I got a bad grade, but like really struggling, like people Mm -hmm. of color or in poverty situations who don't have the time or place to do their homework or don't have access to anything. And these people have come in and told them, no one's going to save you. I cannot be the one to come and, you know, be this hero for you. You have to do that for yourself. And to Mm -hmm. some people that means education and getting your education and getting out. To some people it's sports. To some people it's something else entirely, willpower, strength, whatever you can find within yourself. But you're right, I think the power is that we find it within ourselves and that nobody's going to do that for us. Yeah. And I think to me that's a more powerful story. You're right. I just think because like short stories are so known for being – so meaningful and what you take away from them what's the like what's the point why why tell this 
and you only have so much space to do so so it has to be I don't know where I heard it from again but I think it was James Scott Bell who does a lot about he writes about writing and he talks about short stories being about a shattering moment and I feel like yours is it's this shattering moment of like self-discovery and empowering other people to survive and mine doesn't necessarily have that and that's what I don't like about it I think but I think I I think it has potential oh yeah I'm not saying it doesn't like it's not something I want to throw away again well I think you could open it up to the interpretation of like is this couch actually magical or is it something that she's created in her own mind yeah which I love. I mean, as much as I say, like, short stories don't always have to mean something, like, I love interpreting the shit out of them. Like, it's so much fun. What direction did you see the original delivery of the couch story going in? Well, so your couch story was essentially they deliver a couch into the woods, and then in the second draft you sent me, they, like, meet a woman out there, and, like, they have tea, I think. And so I thought... Because there's these two delivery men. So I thought that she was like some lonely ass witch or something. And she had ordered all this different furniture Mm -hmm. and had it delivered out to her house so that these delivery men would come and like spend time with her because she was lonely. That's much better than where my brain went. I mean, or she could kill them. (laughs) Yes. Like, hey, boys. And then just puts them in her in her oven. Right? Like Hansel and Gretel shit going on. But I like the theme of loneliness. Oh my gosh, yeah. No one talks about loneliness. Because you either have to be empowered to be alone, or you have to be, you know, whatever. We're not, we're not going there. Right. Because we'll Ooh. never come back. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? No, loneliness and heartbreak are fascinating. I agree. Along with a lot of other things. but Maybe we just need to co-write something. A collab. Crossover event. Yeah, so what about your story? Like, what are the ways you see for yourself fixing your story? I mean, you talked about it a little bit. You don't probably don't have to. <laughs> no, it's perfect. No, I just, I don't know. I just think, like, I need to let it sit for a little yeah. bit because it's so fresh in my mind. And maybe if I could come back to it, because obviously, like, you read it in a very diff- with, through a very different lens and had a very different reaction to it. Yeah. I just think it's doing so much. Like you even bring back that she's walking through the forest and all the all the trees are moving and you bring that back in the end like that is her power. That's how she saves this this woman giving birth. Part of me is like, oh, I'm so jealous. But another part is like, I'm impressed. And you intuit stories in such a way that you're able to put those elements on the page. I Like I always say that I love your writing. I'm very critical of my own and I find my own process really difficult and I'm like if only I could write like Caitlin or whatever (laughs) and I don't think that's fair well I'm always thinking if only I could write like whoever else I know Patrick Ness right can you imagine oh oh, there was something that I wanted to ask you like did you draw any sort of inspiration from any other stories when you were writing yours or was it just I didn't really do a lot of studying of other stories in this. Did you? I guess before that they were goblins and super ugly. Like I was thinking kind of like the cruel prince Mm. because I had read that recently with like the... By Halle Black. Yeah, yeah. What are they like? Fairies? Are they fairies? I think that's what she writes. Is that how you say it? Fairies? I haven't read that one. I'm not trying to sound like I'm uncultured. (laughs) But like the relationship between them and the humans and like the hatred that existed between the two races or species or whatever that and and like it was very like enchanting and like the forest aspect of it but then they turn into goblins and 
I liked it. You know what? No one writes about goblins enough. And when they write about goblins, they have to make them like sexy goblins. It's like, no, the goblins can be ugly. <laughs> so one last question. How do you find validation for yourself? Like, how do you keep, how do you keep coming back to the work? I mean, yeah, you had me say like, oh, that's so great. I wish I wrote like you, but like for yourself. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just, sometimes you don't. And I think that that's, sometimes that's just the answer because like I've been querying a story that I'm just like madly in love with. Like I just adore it with my whole heart. And I've been querying that since September and I've not been having luck. And I think when you like, cause sometimes you're just like looking at it and you're like, I've been rejected how many times? Like I had a full manuscript rejection and like I'm on Twitter seeing other people being successful. And then I'm facing my own like writing, writing slump, I guess. And sometimes you just, sometimes you have to be the one to validate yourself, I guess. Cause I'm not like, you can't beg people to tell you that you're doing okay. And you can't like base your progress and like you're moving forward on whether or not someone else is going to tell you that your writing is worthwhile. So I don't know. I think sometimes it really helps me to go back and read either what I wrote four five, six years ago and see how much I've improved because damn, like <laughs> the stuff I thought was really good when I was writing when I was 20, 21 is like, I look back at that now and it's just laughable. I mean, there's some good parts of it. Or I go back and like, I read the story that I love. And, you know, sometimes you think something's really good and then you go back and read it and you're like, what was I thinking? And I just, I don't know, I read it and it just like settles something inside of me. Like, I just, I don't know. It's something really special. That's beautiful. What about you? I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for that. I like, I am too attached to external validation you know I think that's partially why I send off some of these stories to you that aren't at a stage where they should be read just expecting you to be like that's awesome keep going but I always try to like give you like yeah, positive yeah. feedback yeah you know because you never send me anything that's just straight up garbage well that's good to know <laughs> but no I think for me it's a matter of finding that joy in the work and in myself I just told you that I, that you never sent me straight up garbage, Liz. If you're supposed to like take that and like be like, wow, wow, I'm that's amazing. that's what I needed. <laughs> like that's wow, <laughs> that's gonna get me through the. It'll get me through the long night. You know, I I hope that it's you know better than just not straight up garbage. It is. No, I mean like. I, I should hope that my goal, like, I'm not, oh, like... Is to just not be garbage. Yeah. If that's it, if that's all there is, like, oh, I'm not garbage. Woohoo. You know, like, that's kind of sad. I don't know. I always find comfort in knowing that there is not one single writer who hasn't struggled and who hasn't faced, like, uh, like hardship that made them want to stop or that held them back or whatever. And I mean, people who don't struggle are just so wildly uninteresting to me. So that's just, <laughs> I don't know. So our next short story will be based on the prompt, Death in a Small Town. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Story That Works. For all the past episodes, the show notes, or to connect, visit astorythatworks.com. If you'd like to support the show, click subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. As always, keep writing. Keep writing.